Hey, I'm Laura. And I'm B. And you've discovered The Energy to Heal, a podcast brought to you by Embolden Label. In seasons of struggle, it's obvious what's wrong, but somehow fixing what's broken seems impossible. Here you'll learn about Splunkna, a faith-based method for breakthrough that will allow you to get unstuck and move towards freedom. It allows you to connect the dots that led you into hardship in the first place and release and restore what's holding you back. Splunkna brings together the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of an issue. This whole person approach leads to lasting change when compared to traditional methods. Let's get started. Thank you for joining the show today. I have a quick announcement to make before I toss the microphone over to my wonderful co-host, Laura. Um, We have been getting so many reach outs from you guys requesting referrals for practitioners in your area. And we wanted to encourage you to get on the Splunkna website where you can look for a practitioner through their map device that says find a practitioner. And you can also reach out to admin at Splunkna.com for support finding a practitioner. So I am so excited for today's episode. I have all of the like stored up excitement because I got to interview our guest last week and or two weeks ago, and I forgot to push record. And I know that God needed me to hear this message twice. And so um, I'm thrilled to be bringing this guest to you again. And Laura is going to introduce him for us today. So microphone to you, Laura. Today's guest is someone I happen to know pretty well. It's my husband, Mason, and the reason we had him come on is because if you've heard any of my uh, previous episodes about how we got into Splunkna, it really was Mason that pushed us in that direction when I was maybe more hesitant. So in all intents and purposes, he has been on this Splunkna journey a little bit longer than I have. He is also a well-versed entrepreneur and businessman who has partnered with the Lord in an amazingly vulnerable and adventurous way Mm. to create a company that thrives and exists for the sole purpose of partnering with God. In that, there's a lot of faith stories. There's a lot of personal growth stories. And work like Splunkna has played a big part in it because, as he's going to get into, when you go from glory to glory, when you go higher and higher and you're getting outside of your your comfort zone on a norm, on on a daily, you have to almost depend on the Lord in a different kind of way. And so I'm excited for Mason to kind of talk about clearing out the cobwebs in those areas with the Lord and his journey in business, but even just as a person. And this is something I have realized probably in the last two years because of my somewhat public platform of TikTok, and I talk a lot about relationships, it's very interesting that when I talk highly of the man that I'm married to, Mm. I get more flack, more (laughs) comments from the public than I do if I were to share a story where he and I struggled. And I get it because it's like, you know, you, you just don't want to be the person who walks around and is like, oh, my husband's perfect. We never have any issues. Look at the amazing man I married. And everyone's like, oh, please, like you don't have any issues. And that's not it at all. I get wanting to be real. But what I do want to share with the listeners today is like Mason and I have been married for almost 15 years. It hasn't always been the way that it is right now. We've been through really hard seasons. But 
truly, truly just speaking as a friend of his, as a person who knows him as another human, I really, really like this guy. (laughs) He is such a foundation for our family. He leads us well. He has grown so much in learning about himself and emotional intelligence and all of it. The Lord, he's done the hard work. And so I just, I respect that about him and um, whatever he has to say today, I'm I'm ready to just hear it and internalize it as well because I just want to I just want you guys to know like what he's sharing is genuine. He's not putting on a show. This really is the journey we've been on. It's been a lot of work, a lot of tears, a lot of fears and ups and downs, um but it's all real and who you're hearing today really is who he is. So, Mason, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us for a second time today. Yes, hi Mason. Jeez Louise, that's the best intro, Laura. I'm glad this was recorded because I'm just going to make that my alarm when I wake up in the morning <laughs> is listening to your intro of me. <laughs> that was so encouraging. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Oh, you guys are so wonderful. I It's neat to hear you introduce him a second time because what I got from both of your introductions is that you guys are friends, that you respect each other, that you support each other. And that is going to be part of the conversation today with trusting God with our business decisions and our risk and our money and some hard conversations that we as believers don't always feel comfortable having, um, which is why I was so excited to have this conversation a second time. So Mm -hmm. Mason, I have to start with the question that I absolutely hate. And the reason I have to ask it is because I have an important question to ask second. So the question that I hate is what do you do for work since we're going to be talking about business today? Uh, Laura just described it better than I think I ever could. I I see myself as an entrepreneur, but in a much broader, broader sense. I think mm-hmm. right now it's showing up in business and probably for the past 10 years it's shown up in business. But from a bigger perspective, I see myself as someone who just loves to go on adventures with God. And Mm. predominantly because I know God is smarter than me or than anyone else. He's wiser, more creative. He sees more options in the world. The level of brilliance is incomprehensible. There is so much pleasure in partnering with a person like that. If he knows so much better than me, I just want to surrender to that Mm. person and have what he has for me. So the way that I kind of think is of entrepreneurship is a lot of people that, you know, ask me if I'm an entrepreneur or not is I think of myself as someone. And I think of all entrepreneurs as people who are willing to go to the outer edges of what they presently know and what they're presently comfortable with and stare out into the far more vast expanse of what they don't know and with courage and feelings of massive vulnerability say yes to whatever that adventure has in store for them. To me, that's what an entrepreneur is, whether you're in business or not. And I Mm. think those kind of people are the funnest people to be around. And I guess that's what I do. 
I love that. So I have to share a quick story that that reminds me of. And it was my first time hiking a 14,000 foot mountain. So you guys have lived in Colorado. So you'll understand this, that in Colorado, there are all these 14,000 foot mountains and it's very trendy to hike them, but I had never done it. I'd lived there a long time and I had an opportunity in 2014 to hike my first 14 or as they call them. And I remember I was in a season of life where Climbing a mountain was also what was happening mentally and emotionally. And I did not at the time feel successful. I didn't feel like I could do hard things, but I had this adventurous spirit that you are describing. I had this natural curiosity. And I think the way you just just described entrepreneurship was very similar to what it was like to stand on the top of that mountain after that really hard climb. And then you have the other side of the mountain that you're like, I might jump off of this and see and see what comes, you know, next. And I think a lot of people in their entrepreneurial journey or their business journey or their ministry journey, they get to the top and then they go, I'm going to go back to the parking lot because that looks really scary. Or like, I'm going to hike down the road that I came up. And what I he heard you just say was the adventure is in, okay, how am I going to get off this mountaintop that way forward in the risk, in the adventure, which leads me perfectly into my next question for you. And that is, what does Mason Milliken want to be known for? Because that's very different than what you do. Yeah. What I want to be known for right now is encouraging people to trust in God completely, even when it comes to material things like cold, hard cash, to just see what's possible if you put Jesus in the front, Jesus on the line, and go all mm -hmm. out with him. And even if people don't want to do that or be encouraged in that way, I want to be someone they can look at and say, well, at least that guy's willing to do it. Let's watch first and see how it plays <laughs> out with him before we make any decisions for ourselves. Yeah, I just want to spend it all on Jesus. I want the world to see what's possible with God because mm. I think it's, it's, infinite, it's incomprehensible, and it's more exciting than anything we could do on our own. And why not take the risk of going on that journey to see what's on the other side? I love that. So you guys talked last time in our episode, and I hate to keep bringing up that, but it gave me really great insight in this. And you guys were really vulnerable in sharing that you, Mason, have not always functioned this way. And there was a season in, in your life and marriage where there wasn't this abundance mindset. It wasn't as easy. And maybe you weren't as comfortable trusting God with your business decisions and finances. Can you tell me from both perspectives what that was like, what the difference was? Yeah. Well, Laura, do you want to answer that? I like hearing how you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I just think it's important for people to hear our like the progression, we're telling the story that's worth telling because of the journey we've been on. If Mason was just born this way, and if our marriage had always just been this perfect unity through business and finances, it would be a very boring story and you guys would have nothing to learn from it. The mm. whole point is we didn't always used to be this way. There have been so many moments of crippling fear on Mason's end because we are mm. we have been through multiple seasons where we are risking everything financially. We've been through seasons where we can't pay our mortgage and we've been through seasons where we are, have an abundance of money that we were like we don't even know 
what to do with this. We've never been in this spot before. We've mm-hmm. we've tasted both of it or both sides of it. And um, the wrestling with the fear that comes from stepping outside mm-hmm. of your comfort zone all the time, the way that that journey has forced Mason and I together, sometimes it forced us apart. Sometimes it forced us together, but mm-hmm. it's like, this is intense stuff because it is constantly taking what the Lord's given you and handing it back to him and being willing to lose it all again, being willing mm-hmm. to hand it back to the Lord and say, okay, we trust you again, because I feel like the temptation would be like the Lord gives you a win, a financial win, a business win. And then you like, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm calling it quits while we're ahead. Cause that's the wise thing to do. Right. But if the Lord keeps calling you to, <laughs> Can you keep trusting me? Can you jump off that mountain? That's an intense journey. And so as a married couple, that brought up a lot of stuff just in our connection, in our communication. It used to be like Mason would do his business and I just tried to survive everything because he (laughs) was making all these big decisions and I would find out about them after the fact. And it was very stressful to me, Mm. but I thought to be a supportive wife, I just had to like keep my mouth shut. And he thought to be a good leader, he had to just charge forward. Mm. And it was many years later that we learned that when your spouse is an entrepreneur and big decisions are being made, the business is not separate from the marriage or the family. And so pretty recently, we have started having business meetings. And I'm not even part of the business, but like making big decisions together so that if it fails, we fail together. If it succeeds we're both partaking in the success of it rather than what if it fails and he made all these decisions without me and that's room for me to be bitter that's room for him to feel like i put all the pressure on him to make all these big choices so the unity of that has made a huge huge difference and to keep bringing it back to splunk now once i got trained in splunk a couple years ago we've been using splunk as a tool to allow the Lord to kind of shine on our hearts, on Mason's heart, areas that need to be peeled away in order for him mm-hmm. to keep chasing after the Lord in such mm-hmm. intense speeds. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, that. Yeah, as, as you describe that, Laura, it kind of puts a picture in my mind of this this idea that I talked about earlier of venturing out to the edges of what you know. Behind you are all these ropes attached to you trying Mm -hmm. to hold you back trying to say you can't go that far you can't go the far and the harder you push the more tension it creates in your life and these ropes are some sort of connections to your past that for Mm -hmm. me Splunkna and work with Laura has given me the ability to cut so that I can actually move forward more freely (laughs) I can make decisions without feeling like I'm in the sludge. Uh, Conviction comes more readily and more simply. I'm able to process through information and data without it being so conflicted or Mm wishy-washy. And I can see more clearly. And so much of that has come from Splunkna, hands down. So tell me, how did you guys learn about Splunkna? You said that Mason was actually the driver of discovering how Splunkna helped in your life, but where did that come from? When we first got married, we moved to Denver 
And we had joined a small group at a church and there was this wonderful older couple who came along and basically said, anything any of you in this small group need, and there were probably like six couples total, we will be here to help you with in any way. Mm-hmm. And I, I always just kept that in the back of my mind. We were about to move back to Omaha after having our first baby and being pregnant with our second. And I thought, man, this lady does this crazy type of therapy. She's offering to like help us. Maybe before we move, we should try it one time. And so we went to this session and she turned out to be a Splunkna practitioner. Mm. And it was a mind blowing first experience that opened up to me a whole realm of who I was that I didn't even know existed. Mm. And I didn't know that you could possibly have access to. So we had that session. It was interesting. It even felt in my first session a little weird Mm. because I had no grid for understanding what this was or how it was working. And then I just kind of tucked that in the back of my head. We moved to Omaha years later. If you listen to one of the previous podcasts, there's an amazing transformational story of our second oldest child, Noah, who went from extremely stuck to totally free in literally a matter of minutes through a 15-minute Splunkna session. And what initiated that was uh, in a prior business I owned, I was getting ready to expand. And uh, we were going to be expanding into numerous cities. I didn't know at that point that we would be increasing our staff by 100 times the size that we presently had, but I could feel inside of me a fear and a tension and even beyond that, a terror of and a paralysis. what I was about. I was just going to say, yeah. I heard that differently today, a hundred times the size. That's hard to wrap your brain around. Yeah. And, and, I, and it was almost like some part of me knew this is going to be a massive change that is going to stretch you more than you think you can be stretched. And it's going to uncover things in you that you didn't know needed to be uncovered. Mm. And it's going to force you to dig deeper inside of yourself than you've ever had to dig before. And I didn't know that up here, but I could feel it down here. And my response to it was, I wanted to move forward. I knew I needed to move forward, but I was terrified to move forward. And so I just said to Laura, I was like, I wonder if that Splunkna stuff could help. Maybe I drive back to Denver or Colorado and try and do a couple sessions with this lady to see what's behind all of this. And at the last minute, we said, hey, should we bring Noah, our son, who was also struggling with like going to school? And you can listen to that whole podcast. But we went... And that was like our pivotal experience with Splunkna that changed everything. In fact, the the transformation was so drastic. I said to myself, probably the best thing I could do with my money right now is invest in our emotional capacity and our spiritual capacity as a family. And I flew this lady out to our home and she spent a whole weekend. I just said, have our whole basement call people down one by one, do as many sessions as you can on Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday before you fly back to Denver. 
And she did. And we just continued to experience deeper and deeper levels of changes. And that is how this whole thing started unfolding. And I think it's important to say this was not a season of life where we were in an abundance of finances. Mm, You still made that decision. We still made that decision knowing what it would cost us and still counting it worthy. It's also important to highlight to like add a layer to that, that those are usually the times where we need the investment in something that we can't necessarily explain because we feel stuck Mm -hmm. and we feel paralyzed in the struggle. You guys had a lot going on in that season of growth and being stretched, but also knowing that Noah needed help. And for those listening, I will link Noah's episode so you can easily jump to that episode and listen to Noah's story. Um, It gives a whole different frame of what was going on in your family system than what is shared on Noah's episode and just like the, the layers of things that did need to be worked through in each of you individually with your Splunkna practitioner that you flew out. So I just love that story. And that is an investment that's very different than what we're talking about with business and risk and money. Although there was a financial component, it's a, a an entirely different investment. So Mason, if you were going to describe to someone who had never heard of Splunkna what it is, how would you describe it? You're not a practitioner. You haven't been formally trained. You have experienced it as a client. And obviously, you're a big believer in what it has done to bring your family closer to the Lord and to bring you as a couple in alignment under God's will. So how would you describe it to me if I'd never heard of it? The way I see Splunkna, so stepping back, the the way I began to understand who humans are because of my experiences with Splunkna and because of my understanding of the subconscious is that people are just made up of millions and millions and millions of memories. Mm. And uh, even our DNA is memories, right? Like you might have your grandma's Mm. nose on your face and everyone in your family knows it. That's memory, you know, going from the generation to generation. We obviously have memory in our mind. That's the memory most people are familiar with. But we have memory in our DNA. We have memory in our muscles, muscle memory. I can sometimes drive to work and not even think the whole time. You know, it's not my brain that's doing the driving. It's some other form of memory. We are made of millions and millions of different memories. And many of those memories have shaped how we view the world, but it's not the way I presently see it is it's not the memories themselves that make us who we are. It is our belief about the memories, our beliefs Mm. surrounding the memories that really make us who we are. And um, I, I, one of the things I fundamentally believe is this, this principle that context is greater than content and, and I'll share a story to kind of articulate this and then pull it back into uh, Splunkna and the subconscious. There's a great story in the Bible about a man who goes to a party and he wants to sit at the highest seat in the table. And that's the place of greatest honor. It's where the most important person in the room should sit. So I'm going to put my own little spin on this parable. The person who put together the party shows up and says, hey, I don't want you to sit at seat number one. I need you to sit at seat number five. Sorry. And in front of everyone, he experiences embarrassment, humiliation, Mm -hmm. shame, 
downgrading demotion, okay? Now let's reverse and let's say that man took the lowest seat at the table. He took seat number 10. And the host of the party shows up and says, what are you doing in seat number 10? Come up to sit in seat number five. And in front of everyone, he experiences promotion. He experiences an upgrade. He experiences honor. He experiences respect. The seat number five is the content. It didn't change. Okay? Mm. But the context around how he arrived at seat number five changes everything about his story. And in the same way, our memories, we have these memories, but what we believe about them is what frames the whole story and what ultimately makes us who we are. So a good example of that is we recorded you know, a podcast last week and it didn't record. We tried to record it and it didn't record. I, I didn't record it. Yeah. Very, <laughs> that was very graceful though. Yes. Agreed. So we could easily come out of that and say, oh, maybe God doesn't want us to do this. Or you mm. know what? Oh, how could we make those mistakes? Do we even know what we're doing? That could be one context around that memory. Another context around the memory could be like, wow, maybe this gives us another opportunity to spend time together. Hey, I get to be on this podcast mm -hmm. with these ladies one more time than I would have been able to otherwise. Maybe there's actually a deeper truth that God wants to uncover that the first one was a practice round for. All of a sudden, there's a feeling of hope. So all throughout our life, there's context around memories. And some of it we know in our head, and some of it will be like, you know, I know I shouldn't do this unhealthy habit. I know that you know, when I'm off work, if I just get on Netflix and veg for the rest of the day, I know I shouldn't do that. I know it doesn't help me. I know it's not good for me, but it's just like I keep doing it and I don't know why. Okay, somewhere below what you know is another degree of a belief that you formed around something that's driving your actions. And it's not accessible to your brain in the way that you think of your mind it's at a deeper layer, almost like I think of the mind as the conscious. I think of the internal workings, our emotions as the subconscious. And then I think of the heavenly realm as our super conscious. So you have the conscious, the mm. subconscious, and then you have the super conscious as well. And the conscious is just like the boat floating on the ocean. The subconscious is the ocean. It's like you can kind of see into it, but not really. You can go fishing in it, but you don't know what you're going to pull out of it. You have no idea how deep it is. You know, many people say that our oceans are far more undiscovered than even the universe. And I would say mm -hmm. that's very true for most humans and their subconscious. Who they really are in the most deep depths, they aren't truly familiar with. There's so much undiscovered there. And I don't know good ways to get to that level of who I am. I don't know. So what I'm saying here, I know I shouldn't do this, but for some reason I still do it. Even Paul in the Bible says, I do the things I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I don't do. He's He felt that same conflict. And how do I get access to it? Mm -hmm. There are some ways I think that you can use affirmations and things like that to try and rewire your deeper software. But there is 
no way I have found that accesses the subconscious, rewires your software, lets go of old bad connections and bad attachments more easily and more simply than Splunkna. And I guess that's kind of a high-level view of how I would explain kind of what Splunkna is. When we say Splunkna, if you're a new listener here, it is an all-encompassing word for this therapy, this time set apart where you are meeting with the Lord, and there happens to be a practitioner there as well. We're asking the Lord to bring us to a place where these ropes got tied to us and they're pulling us back. Where did that rope start? What emotion got stuck? What am I What am I tripping over? And it's the Lord that's shining his light on the different emotions, on the lie you started to believe back when that hard thing happened. We're just like taking each step as the Lord lights it up throughout a Splunkna session. So Splunkna is synonymous with listening to the Lord and walking out what he shows you, releasing it back to him and reclaiming ground for yourself and for your faith that maybe the enemy has tried to take from you in the past. Yeah. And one other thing I'll add to that, it, I there's a lot of scientific ways to get breakthrough, like just follow this process, do these things, and you'll get a breakthrough. And it feels very controllable and tangible. And then there's very kind of ethereal ways to get breakthrough, like prayer and seeking the Lord and asking for his help. Splunkna somehow combines the science the tangible and the spiritual, the intangible in this most amazing way where they work together to get reliable, predictable breakthroughs in a really spirit-led way. It's so interesting because you bring you brought up the context around our recording even. And there is a very real unhealed version of me that would have cried all day after not recording our episode felt like such a failure, such a loser would have been terrified to ask for another recording. And even if I did get the bravery or the courage to ask, I would have shaken and been so afraid and tripped on my words. And I I just, I would have like screwed it up in my, in all my tripping and all my undoing of myself and invalidating myself. And in a healed state, It's so interesting how everything you're talking about, you can see so clearly in how people can run businesses and start missions and travel to serve in other countries. And I mean, we do so many amazing things as humans, but when you have those ropes tied to you and you believe the lie that business isn't emotional or serving in a church isn't emotional or a number of other things, parenting isn't emotional. We are actually limiting ourselves by keeping our, our our gifts really tied down with those ropes. So I guess this is a hard question, and maybe this is why we had to record this a second time. We, I'm so, I was so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to talk about how Splunkna has, has helped you in business. But what I hear when you're saying this is that Splunkna has helped in all of the other areas of life to cut all of the ropes so that you can trust God with your business and your finances. And do you get Splunkna over your business or is it more like making sure all of the areas that matter in your life are, are taken care of and are blessed and under the will of God 
so that you can adventure and explore in business? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's it's a really good question. Mm. I, I think that what Splankna points out is that who you are affects everything you do in every sphere of your living experience. <laughs> and you can't get away from it. Uh, in fact, I heard someone say one time that both what you most desire and what you are mostly running away from are all within. Mm. The thing that you most want that you're seeking for, you may be doing it in all these external ways. And the thing you're trying to avoid or get away from, all of it is within, okay? <laughs> all of it is happening inside of us. And Splankna helps get to that so that you become more free to venture out on whatever adventure it is that's in front of you um, without feeling tied back to something. And for me, that has just happened to be business in this stage of life. That's interesting perspective. This is so helpful and it's helpful for someone listening who wants to start a business or has something they know they need to create, some gifting they need to pour into. Um, we hear a lot of people talk about callings to speak on stages or to write books. And there, there is always a conversation about fear or why someone isn't enough, why they may not be mm. worthy of those things. But this episode, it also really points to this trust that you two have developed in your marriage through the work that God has has led you through with Splankna and and with many things. I mean, you guys employ many tools that the Lord offers to strengthen your marriage. So I'd like to take a second and I guess I'll start with Mason. I was going to start with Laura. When I think about the roles that you play in your family system, and I'm just going to throw some out, feel free to correct them, change them, guide me differently. But I hear provider, I hear protector, I hear guide, father, obviously husband, businessman, risk taker, action taker, leader. Okay. So these are just things that I hear as you're speaking. From that perspective, how do the gentlemen who are listening to this podcast do all of those roles and show up as the man of their house? while both building and protecting their wives and, and children, how, how have you managed to do both? It's that balance that we all seek. It's that, it's that yeah. counterbalance. I have this and I have this. Yeah. You know, I try to make life as simple as possible because the moment I complicate it, or let me say the more I complicate it, the more it gets complicated. <laughs> <laughs> the more I simplify it, the simpler life just feels. So, you know, speaking of, you know, the role of a provider, the role of a protector as a husband, you know, it, at some point in my life, my understanding of that has shifted. I remember when Laura and I were first married, she was pregnant with Bennett, our oldest boy, and she was the only one making money. Because she she was a nurse and I was a hundred percent commission sales guy going door to door. I had been a musician prior to that, and we moved to a new city. And the only job I could find was one that paid no money unless I saw success. And so she's about to quit 
her job, and I'm going to be now the sole provider for her and a brand new baby, and we were getting a new place to live in. So it had room for a baby. Mm -hmm. And something in my mind about me being the sole provider caused me to really tighten up. I wouldn't have known it in the time, Mm -hmm. really contract, get scared and go into a fight mentality. Mm. So I was like, oh, I just need to double the number of doors I'm knocking on. I just need to. And I got into a scared place. I remember laying in bed one night feeling so afraid that I wouldn't be able to pull this off. We we would go sometimes 30 days with me making no sales. I was not the best salesperson, okay? (laughs) We, We would go a long time with making no sales, which meant no money. That means I'm working 40 hours a week. I'm door knocking, facing only rejection for 30 days straight and making no money. <laughs> and that was really hard. And But I was willing to go through it. But as I laid in bed one night, I felt God make a shift in me. And what I really felt him say is, Mason, you're not the provider. You're the one who mm. asks, seeks, and knocks, and the door will be open to you. And that is still so profound and meaningful to me because I can feel him stepping in saying, I not only got you, I got them too. And that changed my energetic position from Mm -hmm. tight and afraid and controlling to okay, I can breathe. There's some space around me. I can relax. And ultimately what happened in that moment was surrender. Like his words to me gave me the courage and the comfort and the safety to surrender to him. And that I think was the the big pivotal shift for me. And it's what... I continue to double down on surrendering and accepting. And the biggest resistance I hear from people is, but you can't just do nothing. You know, you're still the provider. You're still a husband. Mm -hmm. You still are the protector. You can't just like surrender and give it all away and do nothing. And, And I think that stops a lot of people from letting go of something and giving it to God. And here's why I think that is. I think predominantly in the American church, we see God as a being. And he is. He's a being. But we see him as like heaven and us here on earth. So when we surrender something to him, it means we no longer have a role in it. We're not a part Mm -hmm. of it. And there's nothing for us to do. We just sit around and we don't care about it. It's and, it. and people are like, yeah, don't do that. It's lazy. Or we've seen people do that before and it doesn't lead to a good outcome. And so then they're like, well, don't surrender. But here's the thing I've learned to understand about God is he's not just a being. He's all being. Mm. And when we surrender to the provider the provider with a capital p rises from within (laughs) 
Yeah. And a new level of power and a new level of capacity emerges, not just like from a God far away who's like, you know, maybe he'll take care of it now that I surrendered, but the source of my very being gets unlocked and something new rises up in me. And I think if we saw God as not only a being, but we saw him as all being, the source of our being, the source of all being, and the one true being himself, I think surrender would make so much more sense because what you're really doing is unlocking the infinite within yourself. Yeah. Okay. That was the best segue into what I'm going to ask Laura. And when I think of traditional marital conflict in a husband is providing maybe the financial resources for the home, which it's profound for me to be having this conversation with you guys is hard because I had to do both of these roles. I was in relationship with myself and I was in conflict with myself because as a single parent, I was both providing and supporting myself. And I can also see you guys in your different roles, but also in the alignment and how it just relationally, we have that conflict of, I need you to be in this role so I can be in this role and how all of those things trust require trusting in God, or it can fall apart really quickly. So I want to speak into, before I ask Laura this question, how so many, our culture kind of paints this picture where, well, it's all confused right now, let's be honest, but there is this, we get married and we have kids as women and we do have this desire to have security and safety and success. We want to live in a beautiful home or we want to be surrounded by um, wonderful neighbors, whatever it may be that we kind of dream about as little girls. And yet when it comes to our spouses, maybe taking a risk, there can be a lot of conflict there also. Like I want you to fly, but you can't take off because that's scary to me. Because what if we fail? What if you lose all our money? What if, what if, what if, what if? So it's, you know, kind of the opposite conversation of these, this pressure of being a provider and, and some of these other labels that we discussed. So Laura, you're a supporter, an encourager, a nurturer, a mother, a wife, wonderful, devoted wife, might I add, and a homeschool teacher. Like you have these other very beautiful roles that I hear in your family dynamic. And just in the way that you guys really counterbalance each other in the, in the strength of your marriage. So tell me how, I guess, how Splunkna has helped you to come alongside or underneath Mason in the risks that you guys take in business as a family mm-hmm. and and financially you have been you've said like there have been times where it has been a little unnerving so mm-hmm. how have you stepped into that role or these roles you know with God and through Splunkna yeah so and a little unnerving I feel like is an understatement I mean like we could have a whole story about yeah. Our progress is, but um, I would say, especially for entrepreneurs who are listening, who are in that stage of the intense fear, paralysis, intensity that Mason was talking about back when we had our first child. And Mason, please correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I interpreted, or at least from the wife's perspective, it felt like looking back, because the pressure to provide was so intensely on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. and that 
like you said, he was tensing up. His muscles were tense. His breathing was tense. Everything was so tense. That intensity couldn't help but show up also in our connection. Mm. So where when I felt nervous, scared, are we going to be able to pay the mortgage? Are we going to be able to do this? Instead of being met with nurturing and compassion and, hey, what's going on? Mm. What? How are you feeling? I was mixed up in that intensity too. So now I with, I'm withdrawing because mm-hmm. in my mind, I thought, like I said, a supportive wife is a wife who keeps her mouth shut if she's uncomfortable with something, a wife who never questions anything, a wife who never, okay, you made this decision. I'm just going to stay quiet. I thought supportive meant quiet. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until many, many years later speaking with a pastor's wife mentor of mine. And she said, Laura, your husband has only been given half the puzzle from the Lord. If Mm -hmm. you stay quiet, you are keeping half the pieces in the box and you're leaving him to go solve this entire puzzle all by himself with only half the pieces. That changed my whole life because I had no concept of giving my opinion, perspective, argument, speaking uncomfortability, coming against, not against Mason, but maybe a decision that was being made or an area he felt like the Lord was leading him in. And she's like, even in listening to the Lord, the Lord's only giving Mason half of the picture. The Lord gives you as his wife, his one flesh, the other half. So if you don't speak up, the, the check you feel in your spirit or the pit you feel in your stomach or the new idea that you had as as far as how to solve this problem, the puzzle is not going to be finished. It's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a big mind shift frame for me. So as Mason progressed in his journey of being a businessman, and as I progressed in my journey of being able to speak up and partner with him and have my voice being heard, and he could hear it and value it and partner with me in it, and we started doing it together as a team, that's when I feel like our entrepreneurial journey started to really honor the Lord. It was mm-hmm. like in the beginning, we were trying. <laughs> we were trying to honor the Lord with it, but I was just getting resentful and feeling unheard. He was feeling like all the pressure was on his shoulders and he had to do it all by himself. Um, and it was just intense. And it 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 drove us apart more than it put us together. Yeah, And so as he's gone through this personal healing, he's done the Splunkna work, we've done prayer work, we pray together about God, what do we do about, do we put in this investment, do we sign this, do we bring on this business partner? As he's, as we're doing that together, and his intensity level has subsided because he's leaning on the Lord to be the provider instead of himself, everything is more relaxed. We can fit, like, you just heard Mason get emotional in his last answer. And it's it's not because he's just this emotional guy. No, it's because we're still living this story where we're risking everything. Like yeah. currently, today, 2024, right now we are in this place in business where we're like, oh, Jesus, you remember we got this going on down here, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, just don't forget about us because we are still currently laying everything on the line. It's very real to us still. But I would, despite how much is on the line right now, I would take this any day over 
putting much smaller amounts or much smaller things on the line like we did 12 years ago because our unity is here now. We're making decisions together now, and I feel like we could conquer the world doing it this way because, yeah, let's say this totally flops and we lose a lot of money or the business thing doesn't go how we hoped. We're still going to be friends at the end of the day, respecting each other, Mm. hearing each other's voices, trying to encourage the other person to live their best version of themselves, to remind them to seek the Lord. And the money part is just like, oh, okay, that's a bummer. I mean, of course it's a bummer, but it's like, to me, I don't care as long as like the person I've linked up with for the rest of my life is on my team and I'm on his team and we're doing this together. I love that. You guys, this is such a powerful conversation to have. I I talk a lot about, I wasn't a believer my whole life. Mm -hmm. Coming into knowing the Lord, we talk a lot about love and grace and forgiveness. We talk a lot about tender traits and emotions and gifts that he gives us. We don't talk enough about courage and bravery and how the Jesus confidently walked into places where he was not wanted, where he didn't belong, and he did it because he was asked to. And that's what I hear. I'm now getting emotional. Jeez Louise. <laughs> that's what I hear you both saying. And it's so neat for me to have this opportunity to hear both sides of this because so many couples need this so that they can succeed in their kingdom work. Because we need to be able to support each other in the callings that we have. And you both have very different callings, and yet you've beautifully woven them together. It's just, it's truly like, it's it's goosebump-worthy, incredible story that you guys are sharing. So I appreciate you both. I feel like I got to interview Laura today. So thank you, Laura, for being on the show as kind of a guest, <laughs> also with Mason. And then to take us out. I'd like to ask Mason a question that we ask a lot of our guests, and that is, what does it mean to heal? To you, what does it mean to heal? Mm. Oh, to me, to the, the fruit of of experiencing healing is freedom and fearlessness. That, mm. That's what it feels like to me to be healed. And I know when it's happened because, you can feel the energetic difference of being free and fearless. You can, you can feel it. True freedom is priceless. It is absolutely priceless. And when you mm-hmm. experience healing, you can taste that. And it does become like uh, probably, probably the addiction that we were supposed to have is to be not addicted to things and stuff and the material, mm. but to to be lustfully addicted after the non-substantive, immaterial freedom of God. And when you taste and experience that, nothing else will compare, and you'll be willing to sell it all for that one thing. Wow. Laura, do you want to respond to that? Do you have anything to add? I mean— What I thought he was going to say, because he says it all the time, is just like healing is cutting those cords to the things that are constantly pulling us backwards, Mm -hmm. which is honestly pretty similar to what he said. It's just that freedom. It's freedom to not be tied down, freedom to not let the past keep showing up in your present, to not continually be triggered, and to be able to experience what the Lord has for you in your current day-to-day life just for what it is, without all the triggers of 20 years ago, five years ago, um, to be able to live in the moment and 
whatever the Lord brings you for good or for bad, because we all know life is not just a series of good events over and over again, to be able to trust him in it and rest in it. It's like Mason always talks about radical acceptance. So whatever the Lord brings you, you're still trusting him, following him, and radically accepting where you find yourself. And when you can do that, you're so much more likely to overcome it, to not get bogged down by it, to learn from it, to survive it without it being a traumatic event. And that's kind of what I've seen him walk out in his business journey. I love it. Thank you guys so much for everyone listening that really needed to hear this message today. I want you to hear me say it doesn't always take 20 years for God to make radical changes to your business and your financial journey. And, you know, kind of just the shift from scarcity to abundance or everything being a struggle to everything being easy. And I guess what I want you all to hear that are listening to this episode is that when you say yes to the Lord and what he's offering you in your life, he can radically change your life in a matter of just a few months, a few years. It can be quick and it can be just like Mason has described and Laura has described the freedom that we seek in Jesus. So I'm going to link Noah's episodes. You can listen to the story about their son and the freedom that he gained with the Lord through Smokna. And I also want to ask you, if you're listening to this, would you say yes to God if you felt like he was trying to stretch you times a hundred? Because that is a question that you need to pray over, you need to think about, and you need to take to the Lord. In our last podcast episode, when I didn't hit record, I came off of it knowing that that conversation was just for me, that I'm the only other person besides these two lovely people that would get to hear that message. And I asked myself this question of, am I ready to say yes to trusting God with my business and the things that I've achieved in my life? And can my husband and I settle into these roles where we can support each other and what God's doing in our lives and our business. So thank you so much again, Mason and Laura for being on the show. And we'll see you. Hopefully we'll get him back a third time. I think he might say yes. I'm in. Let's do it. Fabulous.